This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello everyone, welcome to Tide Radio. This is me RJ Sankhya hosting so the interview today. Have you ever witnessed a loved one struggle with healthcare and addiction challenges? Imagine the emotional toll it takes on families and communities when they are left feeling helpless. So today we have the opportunity to explore the remarkable work being done by the Health and Resource Education Center HHREC for short who jumps right into the picture to when situations like this arise. So HHREC is a non-profit organization committed to creating healthy communities by improving the overall health and quality of life of bay area residents by reducing the use of alcohol tobacco and other drugs and eliminating racism and all kinds of violence so to guide us through this wonderful organization today i bring you this extraordinary person who has been instrumental in shaping the foundation's initiatives she is shanina shumate program director and team head of hhrec with a steadfast commitment to making a profound impact on the lives of individuals in alameda county shanina strives to build long term partnerships and foster new collaborations that deepen the foundation's legacy so without further ado let me welcome her on to the show so hi shanina how are you doing i'm well how are you thank you for the intro that was like okay <laughs> i think we had an agreed energy to start with the question so how about you uh tell me a little bit of yourself and how you came to join hhrc well so I, um, my mom would say to make a long story long but in short in this case um <laughs> so i was born yeah, we've raised- got the time no worry <laughs> <laughs> we were i was born and raised in oakland so i am uh, believe third or fourth generation Oakland well grandparents on both sides and my parent they're not originally from California um they're originally from the midwest um and so my grandmother my mother and now me and my sisters are now you know uh educators in the bay area and and so with that um my family had a huge heart for serving the community a huge heart for serving family our friends and in a way our house was kind of like the community house okay everybody knew that they can get something okay grandma was going to help my mom's going to help my dad was going to help somebody was going to get some help um and so from those experiences um i learned that not everybody's life is perfect and everybody needs some type of help um and so through those experiences and through education um i found myself doing intergenerational programming which you know deals with all everybody in the family from the babies the toddlers teenagers tweenagers uh parents <laughs> early parents um and uh being able to be able to serve the needs of wherever you know life is hitting folks right and so um through my uh professional and personal growth um i found hhrc um during um during covid and so i was looking for something that was a little bit more local um that was able to be um i guess you know explore all of my programming <laughs> experiences but be able to serve the whole family not just you know like the kid or the the teenager but also the parent and the grandparent uh foster kids emancipation um those who are refugees um and so HHRC serves everybody and so that's one of the things that I really love about the agency so hope that addresses <laughs> the question wonderful wonderful that sounds fresh knowing about your family what they do wonderful 
So, could you highlight some of the key programs and initiatives that the foundation has undertaken to improve health and human resources education and community? Yes. So the founders of the organization um, are uh, Tish, Joe, and Lawrence, and they started the um, the agency back in 1984. So it started off really small. Um, one of our first programs was Black Women's Media Wellness Project, which focuses on the needs of mental health and wellness of Black women, and of course, all women. Um, and those who are associated. Um, and so we started, uh, it started with addressing the mental health needs of, of residents uh, in Oakland and then eventually Alameda County. And so we have a total of six programs. One of them I just named uh, Black Women's Media Wellness Project. Um, uh, when it started, it, it was to uh, make sure that Black women had a place and a location to be able to uh, get mental health and wellness services. The second program that we have is our downtown Tay, and Tay stands for Transitional Age Youth, and that serves 16 to 25 year olds, which we have job readiness program, uh, we have uh, mental health and wellness programming. We also have peer support uh, program that's there and a bunch of other things that are there. We also have our 10 by 10 program, which uh, has several components to it that focus on like physical health through our Get Fit program. We have Rethink Your Drink, where we where it's a presentation that discusses changing the way we drink, <laughs> you know, so reducing the amount of sodas <laughs> and increasing the amount of water um, that we uh, drink. And then we also have our, um, We Move for Health is basically one of the uh, biggest, it's called the signature program that we have. Um, and basically it just what the name is, We Move for Health. So getting people's bodies moving and that's for all ages. And so next year it will be in person. And so I'm super excited about that this year uh, for the past, two or three years, you know, for COVID, it's been virtual and it's been great, but there's been a, a need to put that, uh, put it back in person. So that's what we'll be working on next year. Um, and then we also have our CBL, which is our community-based learning program. Uh, and long story short is basically we provide free training. We have a total of, uh, I believe 12 trainers and um, there's an application on the website. If your organization is like, hey, I need training on um, seniors or how to best work with uh, API or how to best um, increase enrollment or whatever case scenario, we most likely have a trainer for it. We also have the mental health um, trainers that do mental health services on there as well. And then we also have our MHSA 63, which is our special project that we uh, contract with Alameda County Behavioral Health to make sure that people are aware of mental health services in Alameda County. Um, and then lastly, we have our Health Through Art program. And it's basically how can we use art to um, better cope with the stresses of life. So basically all of the programs deal with prevention and early intervention. So our hope is that these programs will be able to be preventative and early intervention methods before a crisis happens if that makes sense. So that is all of our programs. And that doesn't include all the special projects Alameda County gives us as well. But we're very honored to be able to serve our, you know, the residents of Alameda County and partner with different organizations. Wonderful. Big list. And I was counting like all the good things, you know, incorporated into one thing I think is yes. wonderful. Yes. So um, when I visited your website, uh, one thing that got highlighted was the Black Women's Media and Wellness Project. 
right mm-hmm. so tell us the impact of it and how exactly does this project function so basically that project is ran by our program manager Allison and like i said that was the first uh program that our founders um basically um created and that was really to address the concurring um conditions and environmental risk factors that uh, black women were going through in Oakland so the over police policing or underfunding their schools resources the violence and basically to provide a safe place for folks to um vent get resources um do retreats so we have our be still retreats um that allow women to relax you know uh and things like that so that was that project was um really the heart of making sure that mental health was promoted and is promoted in um in black women in the black women uh, communities wonderful so my next question would be about um if you can shed some light on a name collaborations or partnerships the foundation has formed with local government bodies or healthcare providers Ooh, i'm going to just pick one okay <laughs> just going to do <laughs> one yeah we have a total of, of six this fiscal f i s c a l fiscal so like that word just gets tongue tied for me sometimes a uh, partnership <laughs> time to address me <laughs> with Alameda County Behavioral Health that has nothing well, I don't want to say nothing to do with our programmings that I just mentioned but basically um how we partner and collaborate with um an our physical agent for those um partners so for example uh we have the workforce education it's called wet <laughs> sorry i wish i could know the acronym but it's called it's work i want to say workforce education training and that is a partnership with aloni college and aloni college has this um tremendous network where uh there are healthcare navigators who are on different campuses to promote um health and wellness on campus and with that what we do is we partner with them to make sure that they have resources um any ideas to help spend the money down and how they can best partner with the community to promote mental health and wellness in you know on campus but also in the communities that the students are associated with right um and so those are one of contracts of uh, of five <laughs> i think it's total of six uh, contracts that we have that we partner with um and also each program partners with uh different CBOs or schools or um um colleges so for example um our downtown tape program um is partners with Oakland Promise and also with Dewey Academy which is a transitional school for students who um may not have all their credits to graduate on time and so we provide programming for them as well we also have partner with BH Brilliant Minds that uh the owner of uh, the CEO and executive director is Barbara Howard and basically what she does is a series of different um uh events um one is coming up Juneteenth which is June 24th which will be uh at the West Oakland Youth uh, Center um where uh we partner with her to be able to put that uh that event on so there's several i'm just going to name a few stuff in there but we want to make sure that we uh partner with uh organizations nonprofits schools that are impacting the you know the participants that we are serving great so what are some of the major challenges that this organization faces while trying to achieve its goals i think covid you know 
<laughs> COVID threw like a monkey wrench in everything. So imagine yeah. for 30 years, you've been in person, brick and mortar for 30 years. Now I'm not saying we're, you know, totally anti like internet or uh, online programming, but that is the base of the, the history of the program. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and you have to literally do a 180 um, to be able to make sure that's participants, students, um, and those that we partner with are being served because we still, you know, hold a contract, right? And so I, we are blessed to have an executive director, Talia Bennett, that who can think of our toes and to be able to, I would say pivot and so that we were able to uh, meet our deliverables, but also serve the community in a different way. Um, and it did open our eyes of how we can diversify programming in a hybrid setting. Um, I think that's one of major uh, thing. The also, depending on the um, program, each program has its own challenges, for example. Like one uh, challenge, for example, um, that we have like, so we serve our seniors and so in our senior group, you know, making sure that they're not being scammed, you know, like being aware of different, you know, technologies and uh, services and being able to access the internet, uh, things like that, you know, whereas um, sometimes with our Tay youth, for example, the question might be, you know, trying to graduate high school or trying to, uh, you know, apply to college, or maybe there's some family dynamics that are happening in the home uh, that we need to do resources on. So COVID kind of presented these, the things that seem small, but were very, uh, I would say, lit up. <laughs> so uh, that we can address those issues. Cause a lot of families, you know, lost their homes, lost their apartment. And a lot of them were living, you know, in one apartment with two bedrooms with 15 people and one bathroom, you know? And so to be able to um, help and provide some support and resources for them to be able to, you know, also, you know, find housing, um, to be able to, um, you know, those students to finish school, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, during COVID, because that was really tough, because a lot of like, for example, students who were in college, some of them had to drop out because, you know, maybe they were parents and they had to help their kid transition, you know, because their kid is, you know, going to school online and they became the teacher, you know, so just being able to uh, be present with our participants and our organizations as we pivot together and support each other in the transition during COVID. Uh, but it did speak to our a strength in like communication, teamwork, um, not giving up, <laughs> you know, and still being able to serve our participants in a in a different way. It's wonderful how you swim through it, and it's such a beautiful story. So I would like to know how does this foundation involve volunteers and community members in its initiatives, and what role do they play in driving the change? Well. I think uh, part of the roots of this program is community, right? Um, yeah. And there, there's different ways we get community voice. So one of the, uh, each program is different. So I'm just gonna do two programs in the sake of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sure. one of the programs, which is MHSA uh, program, which I mentioned, um, they have to do a series of listening sessions from different uh, communities. So veterans, Tay, to uh, seniors, um, LGBTQ, you know, like there's series of, I think they did a total of 17 listening sessions along with like five um, listening sessions and then community session groups. And part of that is getting information for the MHSA 
um, report, which is a, a book, big report if people want to look at it. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of pages, but basically it's holding the county accountable to make sure that we are listening to the needs of the community. And that is basically being, you know, public record. And so we hold the responsibility and sharing that with the county to make sure that we are listening uh, to the community. And then how is that going to, how is that being reflected in the report? Um, and so they just completed the 30 day comment where folks in the community looks, you know, reviews the report and they give their their, uh, public comment um, regarding the report. The other thing, that's a larger scale, smaller scale, for example, um, some of the programs have a CAB, which stands for Community Advisory Committee Advisory Board. And those are folks in the community um, that are interested in serving and providing feedback for that program. Um, so for example, Black Women's Media has a CAB, Wiser has a CAB, uh, the Tay has a CAB, and then, um, HTA has a cab. So these folks are in the cab who are from the community where they have vested interest in that program due to maybe they know someone that um, is reflected in the program or they're in that community themselves um, to ensure that we are getting community uh, impact, I mean, impact, of course, and input regarding uh, programs and how we do it. So that is two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I know there are sure a lot of success stories, but give us one success story that is very close to your heart that you that has made a very lasting impact. Oh my gosh! <laughs> a lot of them I've, right now. <laughs> let me. Um, I'll tell you one that's in transition. So when we work with our Tay, right? Our Tay yeah. use transitional yeah. age youth. They're it's literally from 15 to 25, okay? We get to know mm -hmm. the kid for a very long time. <laughs> and so yeah. it is really great to see growth over time. And it, I really like that. So I can write really good letter of recommendations. Those are my favorite ones to write. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the kids had to learn um, that education is important. Um, and through, and sometimes you have to coach kids through the process. Um, a lot of times, you know, I know as adults, it, like, go to school, okay, go to college, get a degree. And some people are like, well, what if that, you know, some kids rebuttal, and I get it. And so one of the things that we do um, is we actually coach kids through the process of having them self-identify why is school or why is education important. And so through that, we explore with them. Um, we give them tools to explore, give them people to talk to so that they can make a sound decision for themselves. And so through that process, one of the youth decided to take one college class. I said, I'm good. I was like, one step at a time, I'm good. And so through that one class, he then realized that um, I just don't wanna do this particular um, job all the, the rest of my life. I said, do you know that we have a world, okay? It's international. So you don't even have to stay in California, let alone Oakland. You can go to Germany and do that job. You can go to Japan and do that job. And he was like, I never thought about that. I said, you need to consider, okay? And so with that, you know, to be able to coach kids through so that they can explore and learn and access and understand that education has its place is very impactful. So it's a slow, gradual thing, but I think part of that is it's sustainable because it's a decision that they're making. Um, I also let Tay know that, you know, services for Tay, especially for, you know, it's it's till 25. 
So I'm I'm always marketing education, okay? I can't force somebody to go, but um, it's really important and valuable that they utilize the services um, in the least, even if it's just one class, so they know, you know, what's, you know, what uh, education offers. So that's my one. <laughs> Wonderful. The aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I can already see through your energy how much you enjoy working here. So tell us how fulfilling is this work for you? It, it it's one of the things I really love is having people find the hero in them. Yeah. Like <laughs> you have to find the hero. Like there's no Prince Charming that's going to come. I would love that. Lord knows I would love somebody to come and like push the button and solve all my problems, okay? But one thing my uh, mentor told me is like, we're all born with our adult teeth. We just gotta wait and like fill it out and coach it through, right? And so one of the things about programming that's important and not just my, the agency I work for, but any agency, Programming is a part of people's lives and sometimes the only thing that is positive in their lives, right? And so, um, for example, I used to work with foster youth and sometimes community programs is it. There's no family. There's there's none. The only people they know are social workers or those community programs that raise them, right? And so with that, you know, community programs have an impact on people's life. And I don't take that lightly because of the fact that we do live in a world that's a little cray cray. And so if we could do be that one thing that's happy and glad and um, also to be able to have integrity and to be able to help or coach people through problems, um, to give resources and solutions, that's, you know, what I really enjoy is the, you know, doing life with people. Um, and although it's not the, you know, our programs have a particular goal and mission, the the joy is is that it's fulfilling a need that our community needs. That's my joy. Inspiring, <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Inspiring, wonderful. So, um, for the final question, tell us how can a potential donor approach you, and tell us if there are any other different ways that you know one can support the organization. Yes. Yeah, so we uh, on our website, um, it, there's a way you can donate right on the website. Um, we are always looking for donations. Amen. Um, also, each program may have certain needs. So I would always encourage folk if you're if you're interested in being a part of one of the programs cab or interested in partnering with one of the programs, you know, uh, their contact information is on the website. Um, my information is on the website, the executive director's information is on the website. So we do look forward to partnering and collaborating or sharing information with uh, with the community. So um, that is a, a huge way uh, to support our agency. Um, you can contact us directly from the website. There's um, a way to you can give actually on the website as well. Great. Perfect. So that's a wrap. <laughs> Wow, it's it's been a wonderful interview. Trust me, your energy is so beautiful. It's radiating. And I'm, I'm really glad to be knowing about an organization which works for such large purpose. And I really appreciate the good work you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to interview with you guys. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Actually, thank you for taking time and giving us this energetic interview (laughs) about the organization. So, yeah, 
all, that's it. All good. All, <laughs> all good. good. It's all good. Thank you for the all opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again. So yeah, that was Shanaina Shumate, Program Director of Health and Human Resource Education Center. I hope you find this interview insightful. And for more such interviews, stay tuned to Tal Radio, powered by Your Life Foundation. And this is me, Sankhya Sanigov for today. Take care, you all. You have just listened to Tal Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.